How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast. And let's just jump right into today's subject, which I want to talk about something that uh, is a direct motivator as to why I don't really listen or watch or read any of like the large media organizations, like the news organizations. And um, if you don't know which ones they are, a long list. Here we go. CNN, MSNBC, uh, CBS, uh, ABC's. <laughs> joking. Um, no, but ABC, um, Fox, OANN, or whatever it's called. Um, all those, all those resources. They all uh, take pride in one ability and one bil- one ability, and that is fear. They all they want to do is to. I mean, there's obviously they they throw in news in there, but one of the things that they definitely do really well is that they they throw in the news like a highlight of the news, and then they prey on understanding their demographic of who's watching their their you know their news organizations reporting, and they. By understanding that demographic, they tailor that tidbit of, of news or lack of news and then frame it in a way that causes an increase in fear. And the reason why, and I've noticed this, because like if you, for instance, if you look at the news, um, outside of like what Texas is doing, which I think is really stupid about just like completely opening up the state and then getting rid of the mass mandate, which would make more sense if, if it happened like more in the summertime period when there was more and more vaccine rollouts, but somehow the second largest population uh, or yeah, second largest state uh, population wise essentially is going to gamble here. And they only have, I think like 25%, less than 25% of their total population vaccinated. And so they're going to gamble on, the people that have already contracted the disease plus those that have been vaccinated so far will be sufficient enough to kind of get the state back to normal. Uh, you know, I think it's a huge gamble and I think it's really stupid, but you know, we'll, only time will tell depending on, you know, how that will go. But that news has been the huge focus for a lot of these like liberal news organizations. When you read what they're t- um and it's just essentially just preying on fear, 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 fear. But one of the things that really annoys me is that there is, if you if you look at the CDC um, and the metrics reporting and just look at your individual state, the numbers are trending so down, right? But when you look at the predominantly all the news organizations, except for the, the conservative ones, but those are horrible as well because instead of just educating their their customer base or their their viewers they essentially get them to think that this pandemic is absolutely nothing it's it's make believe and you know everyone everyone will survive this disease even those that are probably in the demographic of individuals that are probably subscribing to more conservative um news organizations like those that are older individuals or um yeah, just older individuals. Not everyone's old that's a conservative. I'm not saying that. And not everyone is young that's a liberal. That's a, a falsehood as well. But there is a large demographic that fall into those categories. 
and it makes sense of course you know as we get older our our uh, willingness to conform to change tends to go down i mean it's it's just a, an understanding a general understanding at least for a long time it's been that way where um it's harder for older individuals to kind of grasp the the current ways of of society and so they they tend to to hold on to and clench on to conservative views and so i mean if you start doing that it's, it's not too far-fetched to think that you're also probably leaning more on a conservative political spectrum as well and if that's the case you're probably watching conservative news organizations which if that's the case you know you're probably not getting good news when it comes to this pandemic but on the flip side, on the liberal side, they are fear-mongering. So on the conservative side, they are fear-mongering on like, you know, government is trying to impede on your day-to-day life and we can't allow this. We're a free nation, blah, 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 blah. That's like the narrative on that side. On the liberal side, it's like, oh my God, this pandemic is killing everyone. Lock, you know, stay indoors, lock yourselves up, do whatever you can. Do not go out and and socialize with people. Wear sixty five mask on your face, and you know make sure you get all three different vaccines. <laughs> that's an, that's an exaggeration, but that's essentially what they're doing. I mean, like if you read that and you're a person that is like you get all of your information from these organizations, that's what you're going to essentially be getting. Like one level of like two different levels of fear. One is like the fear of like government taking over your lives and you know, stopping you from literally pumping gas in your car and, and, and dictating what kind of food you're going to be buying to like, um, you know, this disease is going to essentially kill all humans. And it, it's, it's wild to watch. And it, it, it makes so much sense because fear sells headlines, negative controversy for whatever reason, humans enjoy looking at at the negatives in society. I think it's it's probably one is out of just our morbid curiosity. It's just embedded in humanity to be curious about the things that are that are morbid. But I think also it's kind of a way for us to kind of and when I say us I mean like all of humans uh, essentially to kind of look at the world and be like, "Oh, my life isn't at that bad." Like look at the rest of the world, look how they're doing. And um it's a, a mixture of a lot of different things, but uh, if it's if it's bad news, it tends to get more attention than good news. And I don't know if that's just because I, you know I a part of me wants to think that a, there could be a remote possibility that because the average American or citizen is inundated with so much negative in their life already with the amount of work that they do, their pay, how bad it is, the healthcare that they have, how bad it is. Um, All of that stuff, essentially, it puts you in a negative mindset and you just tend to gravitate towards more negative news. And it kind of feeds into a vicious cycle. And it's hard for someone in a negative mindset to really see positivity in the world. I I see countless times where I just see people that are, are... kind of becoming their own worst enemy and just feeding into this negativity and they can't get out of it. It's just like they have a vicious cycle. And then when they see more negative news, it kind of feeds into this cycle and and it kind of keeps someone from really expanding on their self-worth. Because I feel like if you, if you 
remove yourself from that perspective and think more positively and, and, and lead to more of an empowering life, you tend to kind of block out the news already. And because life is short, you realize this, you, you go out and enjoy your life and you really could care less about like what happens in the news unless like it impacts your community or something of that nature. And I, I see myself kind of leaning more towards that way, but I don't want to be a person that's also, I like to stay educated and I like to know what's going on in the world because, you know, who knows one day I could be in a position where I could help people, a lot more people than just people in my community or just my family. And the more I can see this, this, these problems on, on a more macro scale, the more I can get like a better understanding of like, what's the narrative? Like what's the agenda for like organizations, corporations, politicians, what do they want? And it seems like fear is the big thing, right? I'll never forget like during, after 9-11, after it happened, when I was a kid, I remember on the news, the news for a long time started to report on like color, uh, color states of the country. Like essentially the country would be like green would be everything's safe, no need to worry, to red being like an eminent terrorist act is going to happen in, in, in the very near future. And most of the time, America was always in orange, always like this state of like, we're, you know, there are terrorists out there, but we're not entirely sure when they're going to strike us again kind of thing. And, and this fear allowed for Americans to kind of give up a lot of their rights. Obviously, we know about the Patriot Act and, and how much it invaded our our individual privacy. And we gave that up because at the time we were so afraid that our average lives would be destroyed forever because of, you know, not to undermine what happened, but essentially from three or excuse me, four planes that crashed and it took, you know, approximately 5,000 people's lives. That right there was enough for us all to, to think that, Oh my God, my average life is going to be destroyed by terror. Like terrorists are going to come into my small town and do something to me. And it, you know, you couldn't blame the average person for thinking that way. I mean, like you're watching and you know, possibly some of these people that were affected by um, 9-11. And so it's easy for you to kind of give up your rights. And I feel like I, I, I'm not saying that there's an ultimate conspiracy here. I don't, I'm not dictating. I'm not saying that at all. Uh, I do think that, you know, government will do everything in its power and anyone currently, uh, like the most recent politicians I can think of, it seems like when you give them the, uh, give them empowerment, they want to see how far they could push that boundary. You can see it right now with the president. I mean, the president right now is probably the executive branch of government is probably the most powerful it's been in a long time. I mean, you're, we're, you, you know, sending soldiers without declaring war, which is, you know, against the constitution essentially. Um, and, and the presidents are really testing the waters of how much they can do. I think same thing with Congress and, and, you know, Supreme court's really difficult for them to really flex like that, but, um, it's possibly happening there as well. I, I don't know too much about the legislative branch, but I do know there's a high level of corruption in it. Uh, in a sense that if you have a lot of money, you're probably going to be coming out of, um, it, ultimately in the end, it's whoever has the most money is probably going to win a litigation, which is very unfortunate, especially when you think about people that are going to prey on, on, 
on the average person is probably going to be large corporations that have a way more deeper pockets than than the average person and um if you don't have like an organization um to stand behind you to kind of help defend you then you're kind of sol um and so I feel like a lot of people in in positions of power are really testing the waters to see how far they can push the boundaries. And I think this curiosity is, is to see, okay, like this is as far as we could push society. Great. Let's, let's keep it at that point. Right. And then in five to 10 years, let's try to push that line a little bit more again. Let's test it again to see how, what, how society, you know, reacts to that instance it's it's wild to see because like i mean if you if really think about it it, it it you can go and use this argument about a lot of different things like the financial industry the whole that whole idea that there's a cyclical cycle in in finances i was taught this when i was studying finance where essentially you have uh periods of of growth then you have recessions sometimes that dip down into depressions and then you have growth again and it kind of does this like cycle and it it was like a general understanding that it was like every 10 years you would have a dep- uh, a recession, and then every twenty, every other recession would become possibly a depression type of uh, scenario. And I never really understood why that was the case. Like, if if there was always growth, why would why would there be this kind of cycle to economics? It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, it doesn't really follow presidencies too much because uh, you know a president can change terms every what eight years. And so these these cycles change, and and I think it's more like investors and investors have a lot of control of the direction of the market. If they wanted to, they can pump and dump on the market, and and short a lot of stock and essentially drive down the prices, and they can profit from that. Right? We saw that with like Wall Street and and everything that's been happening with um, GameStop essentially. And then at the same time, they can buy, buy, buy back into the market and drive the value of stock back up. There's a lot of manipulation in that, right? They're like uh, a retail investor has nothing uh, in financial gains as much as like an institutional investors. Institutional investors make up a majority of the stock market. And so they're really the ones that dictate the, the fluctuations of the valuations of businesses. And as long as businesses don't do radical things, um, and as long as we're not hit with like a war or massive, like, you know, like this pandemic is, is a one-off scenario, but, um, I don't know. It, it, it's just, I, I feel like there's always people in power want to test how much fear society can take. And then they kind of make that the new normality. And then they, they, they test it again because on when, when you have people that are afraid, you essentially become more empowered. And I don't like that because that means sometime in the near future for me or like as I get older, this reality is going to get worse and worse technically. Like what is normal is going to be worse because they're just going to keep pushing that boundary, testing it, wait until people riot, get upset and be like, okay, this is probably too much, but let's try this again in like five to 10 years. Let's like see what we could do. Like, can we make an economic crash happen. Can we, and I, I, you know what? I'm not, I would not be surprised. There's a very rich people. Um, they, they don't just live their lives like a normal person. Like you, you and I do. Um, they have a ton of advisors that 
that train them, teach them a lot of skill sets from psychology to, uh, you know, body, you know, um, body language awareness, like uh, self-defense. These people have so much money that and and they don't want to lose their power that they start to go into fields of like manipulation and, and psychology and understanding kind of like how society works and when you become that empowered um it's almost like you're you're stepping into a new level of of psyche essentially and and you know now that you have all this financial worth and and you also are you know well trained in a lot of different uh, areas of of just humans in general. I, I I could go I could go into a lot more specifics, but you know when you get a better understanding of how humans react and and what they do and 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 it's very well understood kind of how society works on a macro and micro scale um, with enough information. And that's the scary thing too is that as we progress into the future more and more businesses are gathering more and more information about you. So these things could be more targeted as well. And that's super scary because so many people are, I mean, we, we already know this, but we, we just kind of think, Oh, it only applies to like our shopping, right? Like when we get a recommendation for like a product and we're like, wow, how did it, how did this ad know exactly what I want? Or, you know, that's kind of creepy. Like they, they're recommending things that I would want based off my search history. That is nothing. That power that they're using is like a, a a fraction of the power that these businesses have. Like they can, based off of your purchase history, they can get a lot of information about you without even having to know any other information. And that is super empowering because they all they need to do is just know kind of like area you live in, what you buy, and they can already determine like, you know, your income level depending on your income level, that's going to also, you know, pretty much put you in a certain position. Like, is this person an executive? Is this person self-employed? You know, all the way down to like, is this person unemployed? Is this, okay, you know, it's just wild, the information that they're gathering on people. And so this fear, essentially, that, that these people in power want to put in place can become more targeted as time goes forward as well. And with that targetable fear, it's really going to be interesting to see just kind of how they're going to be able to ma- manipulate like the macro scale of things, like the the rioting and, and how to minimize and diminish some people's voices as well. And this cancel culture, for instance, I don't think it's just a whole bunch of, of like young liberals that are like super frustrated with like the way society is now. Like, I think that is a lot of special interests out there that it's really toying with that too. And and you can see that like countries like Russia are like experts in this, like Iran and North Korea, like they're all well versed in uh, information technology and how to manipulate societies. But if you think Russia and all of them are doing a good job, it's just it's scary to think how America is probably doing it and how subtle they are about it. Um, with all the resources that we have and and all the people that just don't want to give up their power, but. Like when you when you think like that deep into this this subject, it can get really scary, and and it makes you wonder like what ultimately is the ultimate goal? Are they just kind of winging it and seeing like how far they can push society, and then in the end, when they realize that that's the farthest they could push it, like what is the plan after that? Do they even have a plan? And and a, 
and a big part of me thinks that they do have a plan and whatever that plan is, I don't think it's in the best interest for you or you and I just based off of the trajectory that society is going now, like where you have this like huge vastness of income inequality, clearly government, like people know and are informed more and they understand that the government clearly has enough money to kind of help the general person, but they just don't go out of their way to help people. And they create this narrative like that's not our responsibility. That's your responsibility. Even though, you know, you are not directly in control of like who your parents are, where you were born and what level of education exists in your area. And then that's the story for a lot of, of individuals out there that are struggling at the moment. And they had no control over that. And then what is the hope of that person growing up in all of the, that stuff, not working for them What's the hope of them coming out of that and, and doing something with themselves? It's so low and it doesn't need to be that way. But all I can hope is that in the future, more and more people become more informed and they, they think like I do. And, and, and when they do, they start to challenge the system and, and enough people have to do it though. It can't be a minority group because if it is, you know, these people that have been in power for a long time already know what it takes to kind of, silence someone you know tug at their family tug at them at them their finances their um you don't need to kill someone essentially you could you can cancel someone easily and everyone has done something bad in their past everyone i don't care who you are you know what you did and you know what how bad it is and i know for a majority of you if that bad stuff came out in public it could devastate you. It could really destroy, you know, your like your ability to get a job or do anything. And that's what is is happening. Is that eventually, like, if you're the type of person that's going to speak out or do something against the system, you better be able to defend that that skeleton in your closet and 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 make a case to the people. But I think that's what cancel culture is trying to test as well, is to see, like, could we, in theory, get someone, no matter how good they are removed off of a platform just based off of stuff that they said in their past. And if so, we nailed it. We got them. Like all we have to do now is just if anyone speaks up against us, we just need to dig far enough in their, in their past, pay enough, you know, regular people or fake robots to dig up this negative history and then promote it out there on the internet. And that person's life is destroyed because the average person is not going to be able to, to defend themselves when, when things start to get personal. Um, it it's wild like i don't know i just like sometimes i think about this and like my my podcast to my daughter this week um or yesterday sorry was about fear and like how to cope with fear and and everything of that nature and i just feel like it's funny like this is related to that uh piece of advice that i gave her yesterday but this (laughs) this world is is going and it makes you not want to know what's going on on a macro scale. It makes me want to be ignorant, but you just can't be like that. That's the selfish thing to do. And I need to just keep staying informed and, and, and it's, it's just wild to see how the special interest stuff works. It really is. And, and just, you really realize that like fear is all they sell. That's all they sell. And, and the more afraid they can get you to be, the more they have you in a position of exactly knowing where you are in life and controlling you as well. And 
I'm, I'm seeing more and more people that are, are afraid. They're either afraid of government or they're afraid of an unknown, a disease, a terrorist, a, you know, something. There's always something to be afraid of. The most powerful country in the world, and yet the citizens are still always afraid of anything, crime, all of this stuff. And it could all go away. It really could. If this country really cared about it, they could really alleviate a lot of that fear. Debt problems, medical problems, crime issues with education, literally, you know, with better training of of police, military-wise, we could go straight defense, rely on intelligence community to keep us informed of threats and keep everything close to our chest, not really reveal to the world too much about what we're doing and what our capabilities are. And... Um, get out of all of the regions uh, in the world and just kind of stick here on this country. I mean, who's going to declare war in America if all of its resources is here in this country? All of our planes, all of our ships, everything of that nature. You know, if you want to have some stuff in, in areas outside the country, like on our islands and stuff like that, go right ahead. We have so many islands out in the in the world. You could easily have different naval bases everywhere and it'd be hard to target all those bases, but they just don't do this stuff. And and they don't want to remove this fear from your lives. And it's it's wild when you think about just how powerful our country is and how much we're still relevant in this world and just how much wealth we generate and nothing is being done but just to keep this fear mongering going and going and going. It's it seems like it's been that that way for since written history almost. It feels like that's all there's been. It's always People that are in power using fear to stay in power always. And it's sad because on one end you have those like Hitler, for instance, that their atrocities, you could see in your face, like the fear that they did, like for instance, like Joseph Stalin or, you know, the, the dictators of, of Korea, North Korea, Putin in Russia, right? You can, you can kind of understand, but I think what's a scarier level of fear is not knowing what's going on, not knowing this. I've always been a fan of subtlety and how the things that impact our lives the most are the subtle things. They're not the things that are in your face. It's always the small things that kind of creep up and get you. And I, I still think that the scariest people out there are masters of subtlety. I've met so many people that are expert conversationalists, expert or like, great phenomenal people on the outside and the reason why is because they mastered the ability of managing the subtleties um and so i think america is that master they they've mastered the subtle the subtle way of just being a superpower and and managing its people but i think more and more people are starting to understand it but it's scary to see just how quickly you could be canceled, how much they want you to have. Okay. I'm getting into like a conspiracy based argument, right? Like there's a, there's this person out there or there's this organization or there's this group of people that have a demand for what's going on with society. I don't, I don't think it's that sophisticated. I don't think it's, it's like next level conspiracy, but I think there are people in different positions of power that want to test the waters and whatever motivates them to test that water, you could, you could claim that that's the conspiracy is essentially there's a, 
well, and I don't think there's any organization between them. I think it's just kind of they all understand each other's pers- like what they're doing, and essentially that is like feeding fear, profiting off of fear, and, and and staying in power. And I think it's just kind of like there's a general understanding of that's like what everyone's doing, but I don't think there's any organization between all of them. Um, I hope not, because if there is that, that's a scary world. That really is a scary world, but. Anyways, I th- you know, that's my two cents. I don't want people to think like this is some kind of conspiratorial um, podcast. I really don't like conspiracies anymore. Like I, I really enjoyed them when I was younger. But, you know, there there are some that I, I will keep close to my chest that, I you know, they don't have explanations to them. And uh, but this is not one of those. This is just directly you can observe what's going on in the world and you can observe just how strong our country is and how nothing is being done about all these issues that could easily be fixed. Not easily, but we have the resources and we have the manpower to make changes and, and to fix a lot of systems and we just don't do it. And it's because fear is a powerful tool for those in power and they don't want to give that up. And that's sad. It's scary. But anyways, thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast and I will catch you guys mañana. Peace. Or maybe I won't. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Bye.